0: For November 2nd, 2009, it's The Overthinking It Podcast, Episode 70, Belly of the Beast. Welcome to the Overthinking It podcast where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. From the left coast, I am your host, Matthew Rather. And I am here with the panel of overthinkers in the aftermath of the sexiest day of the year. Oops, the spookiest day (laughs) of the year. (laughs) Where, uh, you know right where like uh i oh i read a great tweet the other day i forget i forget who it was from i'm sorry i can't give it proper attribution but it was um like uh based on my survey of downtown boston tonight the most popular halloween costume seems to be daddy's little disappointment <laughs> And that uh and that isn't true. Like, you know, Zing. the la- the ladies in their Halloween costumes, everything from sexy cat to sexy devil to sexy Dorothy and Oz to sexy Wonder Woman to sexy nurse.
1: Wasn't Wonder Woman already kind of tarted up?
0: <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Why would you need <laughs> why would you need an invisible plane? Uh yeah, exactly to like show off her, <laughs> her legs and whatnot. But um but no, uh all right, for the panel tonight, the question did you dress up this year? uh what were you, and if not, or if you'd rather answer this other question, what is your favorite uh what is your favorite Halloween costume that you have ever dressed up in from his dank basement with a <laughs> a Cheops size pyramid of root beer cans uh, <laughs> In Cambridge, Massachusetts, it is Peter Fenzel.
1: Hey, how's it going, gents? It's going well. How are you? (laughs) Excellent. I'm doing okay. Doing all right. I did dress up for Halloween. I was very proud of my costume this year. I enjoyed it a lot. I dressed as Road Warrior Hawk from the WWE tag team from the 80s and 90s. Although it was WWF at the time. The Legion of Doom. Uh, So it involved a shoulder pads with spikes on them, which I made out of newspaper circular ads and tinfoil. It involved uh, an accurate sort of face painting job that I based off of photographs off of Google Image Search. And, of course, the centerpiece, a pair of Zubaz pants, which I wanted to buy anyway and use the costume as a justification for doing so. So, um... (laughs) Yeah, so it was fun. I had a fun time. And it was great because it was one of those costumes – and this is like Halloween showing – you know, you get to show off that you're clever. It was one of those costumes where like 70% of people had no idea what I was but didn't really care because it looked like a costume. And then like maybe 20% of people like asked. And then 10% of people – Someone would just like yell at me, Legion of Doom, <laughs> which happened in the in the um, downtown crossing T-stop yesterday <laughs> as I was like shouted out from across the uh, across the way.
0: That's got to be uh, good, though, because, you know, it's well, it's like our website, right? Like we um, we speak to a very specific audience, but we speak to our audience.
1: Exactly. I love being a five percenter is really what it boils down.
0: Exactly. To. Right. Like niche yeah. marketing. Yeah. It's the future of marketing. Mm-hmm yeah yeah that is mr peter fenzel coming through loud and clear from cambridge moving right along mark lee is in ironic brooklyn did you have an ironic uh (laughs) halloween costume to uh, go along with your ironic residence?
2: no uh, first of all i was uh earnestly fully earnestly a guitar hero hero i posted a pic posted a link to a picture on the open thread Probably if you want to see what that involved. Basically, it was a Guitar Hero controller and a couple of the uh, iconic images from the game. One of which is like the, the phrase, you rock, you know, which comes at the end of the song. Assuming you completed it uh, successfully hung around my neck as well as the rock meter, um, which of course was all the way into the green 100% with my star power loaded with six vacuum tubes full of star power. that was fully earnest and by the way also the part of brooklyn which i live in is not the hipster ironic part of brooklyn it's the part where people have earnestly not ironically but earnestly have kids you know and they earnestly dress them up and trot them out in a halloween parade instead in park slope brooklyn right that was that was the the, this year's halloween thing but i do want to answer the other question which is the favorite halloween costume that we have ever um uh used on on halloween and that would have to be duh duh.
0: No, actually, that's the the second.
2: The Terminator arm, which I had last year, which you can also find on the website, um, was a second favorite to number one from 2003, which was Ash from Army of Darkness. If any of you remember this... Um, this is getting a little bit of inside baseball here. This was uh, in conjunction with the marching band, which we all were <laughs> a part of. I and because
1: I had, I had lunch with you the day that... Well, anyway, tell
2: this story. <laughs> I'll tell, tell the story. I'm, I'm about yeah. throw derailing this entire uh, yeah. opening opening sequence here. So um, I, I went as Ash for Army of Darkness, and I happened to be conducting the marching band that year. So the chainsaw, the DIY chainsaw that I made for my right hand, which you remember, Ash in Army of Darkness had a chainsaw for her hand, um, was used to conduct said marching band. So not only was it... Um, you know visually uh you know uh, visually useful it was also you know utilitarianly useful it was functional is, as well It was functional as well the best part that's about awesome. this album, though aside from you know the, just the visual depiction is that i wound up waving it in the face of a officer of the new york city police department <laughs> telling me stop the marching band um which caused me to get a summons and show up to court a few months later but the charges were clear they're dropped and my record is clean and that's all i have to say about that
1: other than that, you had delicious lunch with me and with Carlos in Macy's. And, and Blinky. That day. Blinky. was and there Blinky. too. Oh, he was at that lunch. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough.
2: Yes, and I remember. I made you have to walk all the way across town.
1: I That's ran. Cool. I yes. had to run. I only had walked like across
2: foot. town. Yeah. Which, for those of you who don't live in or in New York City or or aware of this concept of going across town, it is a difficult and arduous thing to do. And Pete uh, was a great friend for traversing across town <laughs> to meet me uh, after my court appearance. Uh, thanks, man. My record is clean. Again, record. My record is <laughs> clean. For now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the voice of Mr. Josh McNeil from beautiful Philadelphia? Yes, home of
3: <laughs> sports teams that are beating the pants off of New York in every possible venue today.
0: Hey, good, good for you. The sports Actually, franchise really from my I, area will defeat the sports franchise from your area. Exactly.
3: Yeah, I've been here for two months, so I'm attempting to uh, display some ardor, and uh, that was pretty much what I had in me. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs>
0: Good for you. Uh, were you uh, d- were you observant this year? Uh, I was. Uh, I went last night uh, as the specter of Arlen
3: Specter, <laughs> uh, walking walking the fine line between life and death, Republican and Democrat, elected and not elected. Uh, it was. Uh, it got some. It's got some uh, some good applause from a very small percentage of the
1: population. How did you represent this visually?
3: Uh, basically a suit and Arlen Specter button, uh, some sort of powder uh, to make one ghastly, and then uh, I just – anytime there was an opportunity to be on both sides of
0: something, I took it. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't he been – I've been seeing like photo ops of him with the president. Yeah, he's uh,
3: he's in deep trouble coming uh, coming into the 2010 election season, and uh, the more photo ops you can have with President Obama, the 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 more likely he is to survive the the year.
0: You think you think he has a shot as a Democrat?
3: Uh, it is it is fully up in the air. Yeah,
0: that's exciting. That's what she, he said, uh, <laughs> like the Specter of Arlen Specter, fully up in the air. Is that your favorite, Josh, or was the or is there another? Oh no, one?
3: but. By far, my favorite is second grade when I was Peter Venkman and uh, and had like a whole vacuum cleaner uh, proton pack assembly. Uh, I I would give anything to still have that.
2: I would wear it on Tuesdays. Can I jump in here real quick on the on the subject of proton packs? I don't know how Halloween was in your cities, respective cities, but in here in New York City, I saw multiple instances of weak sauce, inflatable proton packs, inflatable (laughs) proton packs. Now, my friends, we all know that what a proton pack is, right? It is an unlicensed nuclear accelerator, right? It's clearly not something that which can be simply blown up and be presented as a three D. Well, representation. Mark, isn't
0: isn't the point of it that it, it
2: could in fact be blown up? Well, blown up, you know, like with with as opposed to you know not like you know shattering a million pieces, but with air, you know, I'm blown just, up. With I'm air. just busting your balls. I don't know. Thirty
3: years down the road, <laughs> technology could have developed uh, a great deal, Mark. I mean, we, the, those could be cutting edge.
2: No, I'm trying. Come on, why are, you, why are you my bubble here? I'm trying to be the elite, you know, elitist pop culture snob here and complain about the people who just like you know bought the the cheapo, uh, Ghostbusters costume from Ricky's because they were well, low. I think, a, I think, yeah, I think in
3: general we can all frown on those who
2: just buy costumes, right?
3: Mark, um, I'm, Pete, I'm with Pete you. He built spikes on his shoulders. Man. Right,
2: right, right, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I built uh, a freaking chainsaw for my hand, which I waved in front of a police officer. I mean, that's the dedication we're looking for here with our you know pop culture uh, elites. Exactly. We're either looking
3: for that or Sexy Nurse. One of the two. (laughs) Oh, you stole my answer. Sexy
0: Nurse. (laughs) And the photos are glorious. (laughs) Mr. John Parrish, it's great to have you back on the show.
4: What up, what up, what up. So this year, I decided to be a little little ironic, since I, I work in marketing myself, and went as Don Draper from the TV series Mad Men. Which was probably one of the least effort-intensive costumes I ever did since I simply pulled my, my nicest suit out of the closet, slicked my hair back in that, that part to the side that he has very close to the frame, uh, very close to the frame of the skull, and walked around the office party with a, a highball glass of scotch and an unlit cigarette in my, my free hand.
0: Unlit? Because you were indoors, yeah, I, I guess.
4: Yeah, because it was because it was indoors. Yeah, and I couldn't I couldn't complete the illusion that far. Is,
0: um, wait, is uh, is Boston a city like you know Los Angeles and New York where you can't smoke in bars anymore?
4: Yes, like Los Angeles, New York, and actually a remarkable number of cities. Josh, yeah, I think.
0: Josh, can have all smoke gone. Indoors? They've all gone this way.
3: They really have, except yeah. Richmond. Richmond will hold out for another ten years. <laughs>
4: But yeah. I, actually, it wasn't it wasn't completely effort unintensive because I did shave my sideburns for the first time in probably eight years just to just to make the hairstyle work. Wow! I am Man. sideburn free. Sacrifices. Did,
0: did you still have skin under there? Uh no, I had to borrow some like, from uh, somebody else. You had like snowy white patches of skin that were as smooth as a baby's bottom. I'll bet.
4: It was actually really kind of. Kind of red and and scraped because you know it was it was attacking. I had to attack with the razor patches of skin that hadn't been shaved in years and years, and it was kind of raw looking. But it got better
0: because you uh, know ble-
4: bleeding uh, bleeding profusely from the cheeks is not Don Draper style.
0: Ooh, no, not at all, not at all. Well, Don Draper. Uh, I suppose I should answer this. I my Halloween costumes have always sucked. And uh, if any of these friends who has known me for a number of years can prove me wrong, well, I urge you to. But I, I think I've never really been good at it, uh, except for that time that I was sexy nurse.
1: <laughs> Did you never dress as Sabretooth from the X Men?
0: No, had, that like, was yeah, hair? that was in the band hair? movie. That was not indie. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. That was that was <laughs> your costumes in film have been fine. It's the
0: actual Done yeah, the right home. in our in our. Uh, Film of humorous sketches. So uh, once when I was in fifth grade, I went as a mad scientist and, you know, did uh, like, you know, crazy hair wig and lab coat. But the uh, the best part of the costume was that I I got a cooler full of dry ice and brought it to school. And I had a bowl on my school desk at school and I would just drop chunks of dry ice into this bowl of water so that I had this constant uh, bubbling uh, you know, steam or what, whatever it is, water vapor or, um, nitrogen vapor or something coming over my, uh, uh, coming over my, my, um, desk at school and spilling onto the floor. That's as close as I got to the, uh, kind of costume sublimity that you are talking about.
1: It drives would be carbon dioxide vapor, right? Carbon dioxide vapor, formally, maybe not formally vapor. I'm sure a scientist can sound off in the forums and let us know just what a horrible crime against intellectualism we just committed. Yeah, <laughs> speaking <laughs> of speaking,
2: speaking of sublimity, I think what uh, the pro dry ice is what uh, solid frozen carbon dioxide, which when exposed to room temperature, um, the process of sublimation takes place and it transfers directly from a solid to a gas. you are correct, sir. Ah, science. I don't
1: practice Santeria, but I do practice science.
2: <laughs>
1: it's sublime. See, sublimation.
0: Oh, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> oh. Wow. Okay,
1: fine. Never mind, then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mucho gusto. Me Brad Bradley. Right. Yes, good. That is, uh, that is the five of us. That is the panel for tonight. But you, you, yes, you, dear listener, are the sixth podcaster. Uh, The sexy podcaster. Yes, the sexy sixth. Sexy, like sexy Sarah Palin, you are the sexy sixth uh, podcaster. I don't know where that came from. I guess it was the word sexy. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know, Sir Palin, not really my type Anyway, uh, if you want to tell us About your favorite Halloween costume ever About what you did for Halloween uh, About uh, anything you hear on the show You really should write in You uh, can use the contact form on the site Leave a comment on the show notes You can uh, email us at Podcast at com Or call our voicemail At 20 log one that 's two zero three two eight five six four zero one Now, I want to say something about some of the calls that we 've been getting, which we, we we stockpile them until our next listener feedback episode and since last last week 's episode sixty nine was uh, a listener feedback episode this week 's seventy uh, and we 'll go several more before we uh, before we compile. Uh, the listener feedback into one episode um, but we 've gotten a couple calls since the last since the last one, and we're um, we 're getting the latitude and longitude. Uh, numbers from our listeners, so as as it should be, we need uh, we need to know your uh, latitude and longitude in order to process your call in an appropriate fashion. But it is vitally <laughs> important that you look it up and have the information at hand before you make <laughs> the phone call, because it is not good radio to listen to our callers, uh, kind of mumbling and Google Mapsing themselves as they. <laughs> Uh, As they read out the numbers slowly, haltingly, you know, with mistakes and many corrections one by one. So word to the wise, look it up beforehand. And hey, maybe even practice saying it once or twice so you can get through it without stumbling. You know, I'm just I'm just saying you may find it helpful okay before Boom. we go on, yeah, our, you,
3: our you, listeners you, only want to listen to us google things <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, yeah look things up on wikipedia like we always do and then read the answers to each other on the air um, <laughs> all right two announcements before we go on one i want to give a special thank you to emil emil made a very generous contribution to uh, the support of the overthinking it podcast and Overthinkingit.com. uh emil is from poland and hey! uh, is it our, is it our
1: friend who taught you how to pronounce that wonderful dish
0: about that. Yes. Yeah, stuffed cabbage. Yes. It's, oh, marvelous. Uh, marvelous. Yeah. Emil is the one who taught us how to pronounce Pijone gwumpki. <laughs> how'd, I, how'd I do it, <laughs> me do, do, we accept, do we accept Euro- Euros? Can we use that money? <laughs> uh, well, it's through PayPal. So we can, uh, you know, I think they do the conversion for <laughs> us. But thank you very is, much. Is
1: Poland, is Poland on the Euro now?
2: Oh, I may be over. It. google its it, isn't it? Oh. You would you would it.
1: Yeah, hold on. I need to Google it. Hold on. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, hold 195
0: on a West and 22 <laughs> point, minutes. Oof, there's and- a whole
1: page. Poland and the euro on Wikipedia. Under the terms of the treaty, blah, 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 blah. Poland is obliged to introduce the euro, which will place its currency to Zloty. Um,
0: Oh, I'm uh, you, sorry, Emil. Uh, I, Emil, you're losing your currency. I'm really sorry.
2: About
0: <laughs> <that>. <laughs> well, we should uh, take those
2: Lotties and hoard them because they'll be valuable again someday when the euro collapses, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that they've gone in the euro yet, but I think that
1: they're
0: working on it. It's basically Guys, like,
2: I, I really think we should start engaging in currency speculation as a side project for overthinking it. Currency is <laughs> really part of the, our core uh, company.
0: I mean, isn't the world kind of – Getting fewer and fewer currencies and currency speculation is going to be uh, like uh, not the, you know, exciting anything goes uh, thing that it is now and will just get a lot more stayed. Well, see, that's well,
1: why you have to trade in futures rather than in the actual currencies, because then you can and you can leverage it, and then even when you have two currencies, you can lose all your money in like ten minutes. It's great. Um, sorry,
4: I'm shorting this <laughs> podcast. I'm shorting it so hard. <laughs> Don't short it naked. You're not allowed to short it naked. That's gross. Well, no, uh, I, I I own part of the podcast, so technically okay. I'm shorting my own securities, like Goldman uh, Sachs did. Yeah, <laughs> marvelous.
0: <laughs> Uh, that is that is one. Thank you, Emil. And though I, I always promise I'll only pimp this once, you can't support overthinking it by using the donate button on the site. And we'll be very grateful for that because we uh – we are barely a break-even proposition at the moment, and we would like to make ourselves definitely a break-even proposition, <laughs> so that at least it's running at least <laughs> running the site. It's one of those paradoxes, right? Like being successful costs you more money. Being very successful costs more money than being moderately successful. And when uh, right when you're on the internet, and the options for monetizing your website are really, you know, uh, really suck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, being very successful actually results in being less successful than being moderately successful.
1: Doesn't uh, the phrase like your options for monetizing it? Doesn't that sort of imply an expectation that you ought to be making money just for by virtue of doing what you're doing? Well, I think, I think we it ought to like...
0: be. I, th- I think we ought to be self-supporting at least. You know the why? Uh...
1: Why? Why ought we to be self-supporting? Well, as,
0: as the guy whose credit card has thus far bankrolled <laughs> the entire enterprise. I'm
1: perfectly fine with being Matt rather supported. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah can we take a vote can we take a vote on this? no that's why no. that's actually why i've 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 uh, refused all offers of of help of financial help from the other writers on the uh on the site because i really don't want there to be a vote <laughs> ever about anything <laughs> so that you
2: also, also can guilt us you know into doing whatever it is that we're supposed to do for the site
0: I know, like, I, you know, right, exactly. Like, I'm, you know, I'm in hock for this, and you can't even turn in your bi weekly article on time. God, guys. Okay, one more, uh, one more announcement, which is that if you are interested in the These Effing Teenagers podcast, you will have gotten it on this podcast feed, uh, the same iTunes feed, the same RSS feed as the Overthinking It podcast. And you may have noticed our last, uh, our last episode, episode five, Gossip Girl, Implications for Public Policy. Which, you know, if I do say so myself, was uh, some of Ryan and my best work about about Gossip Girl. If you you want to subscribe to that, you're now going to have to subscribe to it separately because it's come up in the iTunes store now. So if you search for these effing teenagers, that's F-star-star-star-I-N-G teenagers, you will find it. Uh, If you search for these teenagers' Gossip Girl Glee, uh, you'll find it. And uh, now you have to subscribe to it separately because as of this episode of the Overthinking It podcast... Uh, TFT, these effing teenagers, will no longer be on this podcast feed and will have its own feed and its own page in the iTunes store. So uh, go ahead and do that. And, hey, would it kill you to give uh, these effing teenagers – and, hey, why not the Overthinking It podcast? You know, a nice review and a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps people discover us and might, you know, convince people to uh, to subscribe once they get there uh that's almost as good as a money donation no I'm, I'm sorry who am i kidding it's not even nearly as good as a money donation <laughs> but uh if you did it we would be uh very grateful all the same to you and that's these effing teenagers word to the wise uh we try to keep this podcast reasonably family friendly or at least only pg-13 that podcast is a hard r and uh, <laughs> and uh, there are no spoiler alerts, and and we um, we actually begin most episodes by giving five or six gratuitous spoilers uh, for various beloved television shows and movies that have nothing to do with the topic that we're talking about. Uh, so we're we are not kidding when we say uh no spoiler warnings are observed on that show. So if you care about that kind of thing, don't subscribe. All right. That's enough announcements. Let us launch back into our topic tonight, which is uh All Hallows Eve or the uh the pagan festival of, oh I forget what it's called. There's a pagan festival. Samhain. Samhain. But yeah. isn't it isn't it pronounced in a different way like uh, yes, like I don't know <laughs> Raymond Luxury Yatched or something. Yacht. <laughs> it's pronounced
1: "yachted" is how it's pronounced. Yes,
0: <laughs> it's pronounced Raymond Luxury yacht. Um
1: Yes, can we can we get like, can we get like one of those uh, websites that pronounces words for you, like the dictionary? Um, can is there any way of doing that? You know what I'm talking about? Like when you look up a word in the dictionary and you're and, like, "Say it to me,"
0: and plug "Playing it, goes, playing plon- it through contract. the Playing the, uh, oh, I, I didn't set up to play sound uh, through to the recording oh, no. tonight. But we want to talk Contract. about haunted houses, right? That was that was one of the uh, the first things. And McNeil, I think, brought up the idea. So you better have something really interesting to say about it, buddy.
3: Well, so, so I went to uh, we went to one last night that was uh, at this, the Eastern State Penitentiary, which is you know, 150 years old and um, really sort of creepy in and of its own right. And there were a couple thousand people waiting in line. It was it's a it's a big deal here in Philadelphia, and probably I would guess you know thirty forty staff plus maybe fifty sixty actors inside in various states of you know undress or is bloodiness. An, is it an or, actual working prison? Uh, it is no longer a working prison. It was uh, there's a you know there's there's quite a bit of history to it. It was like the first real. Penitentiary in the sense that we think of them today, uh, built in this country, also strangely the first major public building to have plumbing and and central heat. So there's an interesting story on its own, but really just a very creepy place. And but but one of the things that I loved about it was clearly like every actor in Philadelphia had a gig uh this week yeah they were you know uh, you had you had the guys like the one guy who's dressed all in black and just stands in the shadow and sort of like comes out at you when you walk by him you know that, that guy's probably like not worked his way up but then you've got the guy who's like you know sitting in the asylum room in his straitjacket mumbling to himself and like basically improvising for hour after hour after hour uh, of crazy and um I just, I, I I'm just that gonna wanted like to shout out job. to those guys. Like, yeah, it, 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 they were clearly having a good time, and they put on a really good show. But um, was it scary? Was scary. it was it legitimately scary? It was legitimately scary. Uh, my girlfriend and I freaked out uh, routinely uh, around every corner. I mean, you're walking through a prison, which is scary enough. But it was, uh, it was really interesting. And, and I, I did a little looking around um, for other. Haunted house sites in the area because I, I I really enjoyed it, and it, I found actually there's a whole uh, community of people who set these up. They have an annual conference. Um, I mean, this is a, a multi million dollar industry. Uh, sort of in the vein of, in the vein of like Santa Claus sitting uh, you know in the mall, right? I mean, it, it happens only for a few sure. weeks a year, but it is a an established business and one for which there are supply lines, and you know, uh, and I just uh, one wonders how they get into this. True uh, applications, or at least blogs. Exactly. No, there's there's a, there's a there's a really interesting website that uh, I don't remember and won't Google uh, here while you wait. But uh, if you if you do hey, it speaking yourself, of googling you might...
0: while you wait, I think we have uh, we we interrupt this, uh, this <laughs> with a breaking a breaking uh, story from Peter Fenzel about the pronunciation of Sam
1: Okay, so apparently it, it's it's pronounced saun, um, and I learned this, and whether that's accurate that or not schwa? is irrelevant.
0: Yes, that's a yeah, schwa on the yeah. page. Okay, well,
1: it might be irrelevant because the most awesome part about this is that I found this at. The Pagan Talking Dictionary at thestonepentacle.com. dot yes. um,
2: <laughs>
1: It's got to be one of my favorite, like one of my favorite I- instances of leveraging of information technology. Is like, you know what we pagans need? Talking dictionary, <laughs> online talking dictionary. I, uh... It's not nearly as good as the as the um, as like the polytheistic, you know, more traditional polytheistic talking dictionaries. But anyway, <laughs> what are you saying? The
0: Stone Pentacle. Oh, look, occult supplies. <laughs> For Wiccan. Hey, Parrish, we're uh, echoing. Uh, occult supplies for Wiccan, Witch, Sorcerer, or Wizard. Let's see. So, how do I get. Um... Oh, okay. B- Brew right. And cast. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, well, I mean, you,
4: you know this. You know that's just one of those talking dictionaries that the early Christians appropriate for their talking dictionaries. <laughs> so really, it's it's just all the same thing.
1: Cold I'll Prince. just say that as a res- as a resident of Massachusetts, and I've probably said this on the podcast before, but it just makes me laugh to no end that like Salem. Is actually run by witches now. <laughs> 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 like real witches. They're, like the net result of the Salem witch trials, and it's not Salem proper. Obviously, there's like it's a different town, and then town names have changed over the years. But like there there is a thriving witch industry where, like, talk about unintended consequences. Um, when they tried to stamp out the not real witches, they uh they gave <laughs> they, they summoned they gave, all the real <laughs> witches. <laughs> exactly. This Stone Pentacle people are, are in there. And making things happen. Okay, so um, also, just uh, I a just quick want to sign-
0: point out that you can buy a hundred dollar uh, ten inch cauldron if you need to brew <laughs> any potions, and that there is also a, a lovely pentagram cookie stamp, uh, <laughs> so
2: that you uh, can a ten inch.
4: A ten-inch cauldron? Do you think they're compensating for something?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, see, if they're if wicked, if so they're all about non-extensible
0: If you want to emboss your cookies with a uh, a pentagram, you can mm-hmm. uh, you can buy the for eight ninety-five. Usually ships in two to three business days. You can buy it on the The Overthinking Podcast, Episode Seventy, brought to you by Sawen at the Stone Pentacle. <laughs> .com. Sorry, uh Josh, we um we we should have a fake sponsor for every episode and it should always be. Nick, uh, last oh, week man. last week it was what? It was like uh various various sex toys as I recall. This week it's uh it's 10-inch cauldron. Josh, we cut you off.
3: No, that's pretty good. I I was rambling at the time. John, you said you had a, a haunted house to mention. I've I've got a couple actually
4: yeah first first going back into the the distant past of my years at Boston College for for two years at BC I lived in the just off campus honors dorm Graycliff House which was this twenty or twenty
2: okay
4: that was nice that was almost in perfect thirds that was pretty good
0: <laughs> going on. <laughs>
4: So yeah, it was about twenty or so twenty or so dorm rooms and it was just this old house just off campus that had been converted to dorm housing. And we would have a haunted house every year on Halloween and invite some local kids from one of the from some inner city school, I forget which specifically, to come and and tour through the house and we would we would jump out and haunt them. But the issue was of course that (laughs)
0: these being
2: you know
4: Yes. But these being honors kids, so you know, a little more I suppose intellectual than usual, and these being kids who were already weird enough to live off campus in an honor-specific dorm, the haunted house wasn't just like typically creepy. It was it was usually pretty jarring. Like we would have the, these weird scenes, like you know clowns rocking by themselves in the corner of rooms, and you know people with with weird, ghastly white you know stitched bags over their faces jumping jumping out of closets with knives and and stuff like that and it was really genuinely terrifying like these kids weren't just scared they were they were beside themselves with fear so so leave it, leave it to the bc honors program to take things a little too far
0: did you have uh, did you have like repeat customers or i mean would they come back or would they, would you have to like choose another group of children to traumatize every year well the beauty the beauty of of
4: halloween is that Really, the kids would only come once a year, and it would only be a particular grade. So once we'd scared them properly, they'd never have any reason to return. So next year, would be oh, it's the sixth grade class from, you know, uh, you know West Roxville, you know, middle school, as opposed to you know last year's sixth grade class, which is now you the mean seventh
1: grade. Rocks- Roxbury or Roxbury? Yeah, thank you. Whatever, you know. <laughs> I <mean. laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean.
4: So, so that was that was the one haunted house I had to mention. That the second one, which I think is actually pretty interesting, is this production called Sleep No More, which which is a a British production originally by a theater company called Punchdrunk. And what they've done is they've taken over an abandoned high school in Brookline and turned it into this sort of interactive theater experience. That's it's not quite a haunted house, but it's. It's it evokes similar things like it's it's sort of like a live action theater that you can wander around at you know and, and interact with at any point. So there's no set like you know sitting in an audience, but you can go from room to room and see what's playing out. But there's this there's the it, it's tough to describe. But just sort of so weird suspenseful stuff going on. I haven't seen it yet, but I I plan to as soon as I can. It's it's been very well reviewed and apparently folks who have seen it in London are raved about it so I'm I'll, I will see it and review it on a future podcast mm. that is all
1: I will say that when I live with balinky uh, I might have mentioned this before he subscribed to Haunted House Monthly magazine. Which was a trade magazine for uh, for people who made haunted houses. But he also subscribed to like International Pizza Maker Monthly, which was a, tra- <laughs> a trade magazine largely about pizza ovens and like the technology for making pizza and like the latest breakthroughs in like brush metal, uh, you know, brush metal modern uh, kitchen tops and and uh, and you know the, the best new way to heave your pie out of your your brick oven. So uh, he learned a lot about various trades uh, by subscribing to those magazines. Yeah, um, he- and there's a lot of fun stuff. Yep. Yeah.
0: Belinsky uh, was always self-consciously eclectic. I don't mean self-consciously yeah. in the in the sense that it was a pose, but uh, I think he enjoyed his own eclecticism. Didn't yeah. you? Matt? He likes
1: to cultivate that.
0: Yeah, like, to, be, to be knowledgeable about a very wide variety of of trades yeah. and uh, practices. Mm. He yeah. also owned several t- tapestries, as I recall.
1: <laughs> That's correct. That's a, We should have a tapestry podcast where you get us and then John Levin on to talk about our tapestries. The various tapestries,
0: <laughs> including, including the one where the British Raj was, like, hunting tigers in India off the back yes. of an elephant. And then another yeah. one with Batman.
1: Yes, we had the giant Batman tapestry. <laughs> that we, with him squatting on his haunches, like, atop up the rooftops of presumably, like, Hell's Kitchen mid um Gotham City, which was sort of, it sort of looked like our neighborhood. Any but no, good, he uh, had many, many Yeah, types. Yeah, he had a lot of them. He had a Kiss tapestry.
0: It's uh, good stuff. <laughs> that one. I uh, yeah. Hey, any good Halloween-themed uh, episodes of um, television shows you saw? Uh, I saw uh, Community's Halloween episode, which was pretty damn good, I gotta say. Mm. Featuring I've Chevy Chase. Is it good? Uh, Community is a very good yeah. show. Oh, ask okay, Shayna okay. for a more overthought uh description of it than than the one okay. that I'm giving now. But yeah, no, definitely uh highly recommend it. I think
3: you guys have uh talked about sort of the guilty pleasure shows that you that you have uh in in previous episodes, but the uh mine is Castle, which I think is just a really sort of I mean it's it's light entertainment, but it's really well done. And uh I don't know if you guys heard, but there was a big sort of pop culture moment in their Halloween episode. You guys heard about this at all? No. No, no, no. Tell us about
1: it. Right, so, I, I so the,
3: the, Castle is uh played by Nathan Fillion, who was and uh was the the main character in Firefly, uh Captain Reynolds. And uh so as his first costume in the show Castle is the costume from that show, which was sort of canceled to great outcry from the fans. So it was this it was this little great uh fan moment where he comes out and his daughter looks at him and says isn't that costume you wore like seven years ago isn't it time to get over it it was it was a good moment uh (laughs) in a show that was also really well done plotted uh but uh, it
0: was a great little throwaway at the top what's the what's the concept of castle what is it about
3: uh it's it's he is like a a stephen king type not a stephen king type like uh I don't know who you, who would be like Ian Rankin. He writes mystery novels and he's very, very famous and he's friends with the mayor and through a series of, of events ends up uh, helping him with a murder investigation. And because he's friends with the mayor, they decide to let him do whatever he wants. And so he hangs out with this cop, theoretically researching his next novel, but really just helping her solve cases and being sort of funny and charming. So a novelist like-
0: solves murders.
3: Yeah, I mean it's, it's we we've murder. seen this it's, before. It's murder he wrote. Exactly. <laughs> um and and he's actually very Angelo Lansbury like in a lot of ways.
2: Wait, so so hey. so a public official abuses his power and lets a uh an outsider into the police force to ostensibly solve crimes. I see what this is about.
3: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh it's really about corruption at a deep level.
0: You know what, Margie, <laughs> not everyone not everyone is a municipal bureaucrat. We don't care, you know, it's a...
2: Well, someone has to stand up for the bureaucrats and rule of law. That's all I'm saying.
0: First <laughs> that <laughs> someone's going to be me for the bureaucrats. Well, really, really what it is, is it sort of I was not a bureaucrat. <laughs> right. It's sort of
3: uh, it's porn for people like us in which like a creative type turns out to be better at actual work than the people who've been doing it for their whole lives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kind of what we all hope would be true. But it's almost certain. you, you, guys, heard,
0: you we, know, have,
2: we have a union. Itself? You guys, just, you know, the bureaucrats, we have a union, you know. I'm are gonna. You union, are, you,
0: are you a union member, Mark?
2: Yeah, until my promotion goes into effect, I become disqualified for it because I'll be the man. I'll be the manager. Then, then you'll be, then you'll be management. Hey, yeah. In all seriousness, though, that,
0: uh,
4: that is.
2: Let's, let's do John and then Pete.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure.
4: Thank you. In all seriousness, though, that is an interesting distinction between the. Very optimistic and gung-ho 80s in which a novelist could just wander around and solve crimes and the police never really got too mad at her versus the, I suppose you could say, the rather cynical 21st century where, you know, there's this implication of, oh, the mayor's pulling some strings to make this happen. Because, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see that level of cynicism in the 80s, I don't think.
2: Mm.
3: Keep no, you're going. probably right. I mean and, and it that's that's not like a major theme of Castle, but it's sort of it's in there. Um and certainly in the in the sort of first few episodes when they when, you know, he was still winning the police force over, uh, you saw that more than you do now. Now he's just one of the guys. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, can I can I can I jump in?
0: Yeah, now uh, it's your turn, Pete.
1: <laughs> I'm, 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 I want to make sure I observe the bureaucracy and like the, the SLAs, and I fill out all the forms necessary and all that stuff. I, uh, I'll 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 say one thing that's you're off very, topic, and I'll com- bring
0: it back. You're very compliance oriented, Pete.
1: I am. You know what? Compliance is everybody's business. That's what it says at the bottom of the emails um, that I get from compliance, <laughs> uh, which apparently is basically saying um, your business is my business. Um, the off-topic thing I wanted to say was that does anybody know what the deal is with that reggae song where they say Murder, She Wrote over and over again? Uh, because I've always sort of wondered. You know, there's a song that's like, Murder, She Wrote, Murder, She, uh, murder wrote, she
4: wrote. Wrote." Yeah,
1: er. Is that about, like, the Murder, She Wrote show? Or is that like, is that like, was that the theme song at some point? Or like, uh, because it probably wasn't, right? Um, Why is it, why is it, It always it's always interesting when like reggae artists or hip hop artists pick some like cultural artifact that just seems totally out of left field and like makes a song about it that's like partially descriptive. Such as like the Hard Knock Life Jay-Z song with Annie. Um, Where it's like, okay, I guess so. But the thing on topic that I want to say <laughs> was, um, I was wondering, is should, is this the new industry? Should we like get ahead of the curve now and like take '80s mystery shows of people with like dual lives and? reinvent them by integrating them with law enforcement bureaucracy? Like, is it time to remake the Father Dowling Mysteries, except that he, like, has a position at the Department of Homeland Security and has to, like, file papers every time well, this, he wants to go like,
0: on the this video? was, like... Yeah, this is a big trope of, of a lot of TV shows. Like, Diagnosis Murder, you know, Doctor Solves Crimes, right? Father Dowling, like, Priest Solves Crimes.
1: Which uh, I always thought was a hilarious idea for a
0: show. <laughs> Hercule, Hercule uh, Poirot, right? Like, uh, who was it? Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot. Like... Yeah. Uh, if Frenchman he, solves yeah, crimes. Yeah, if he, if he <laughs> m- mustachioed Frenchman <laughs> solves crimes.
1: Wait, was he an actual police officer, or is he just, like, a French guy? I thought he was, no, like, a detective. I he's so he-
0: his sole
4: attribute was Frenchness. It's like in it's like in first edition D&D where your race was your class. If you were a non if you were a non-human race, his his
1: class was French. <laughs> but so like had, every elf has a bow oh, an arrow and every French person has like a twirly little mustache. Yeah, it's like, like that guy hair.
0: that guy rolled an 18 for charisma. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, hey have you heard Merlin Mann speaking of uh creative types helping out to solve crimes and being useful outside of, you know, Adobe Photoshop. Uh have you heard of uh have you heard Merlin Mann's definition of uh, a knowledge worker? How do you identify a knowledge worker? No, no. You look you look for someone with baby smooth hands who can take lunch anytime they want. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's how you that's how you tell that's how you tell so, you're not so babies <laughs> yeah, i guess babies can take lunch anytime they want really I,
2: I disagree yeah. i have a mean blister in my on my thumb from playing guitar hero that's all i gotta say well no
1: you're, you're a government bureaucrat you're not an. are you a knowledge worker <laughs> if you're a government bureaucrat because you still don't do much right but no, I'm sure you do lots First.
0: of things. I thought you, I, <laughs> don't you just sit at a desk with a, a, a giant like, inbox and then like, by the end of the day, all the papers have been shuffled to the outbox?
2: Exactly. On the way to the inbox of the outbox, I take out my big rubber stamp, which is uh, denied <laughs> on it. And I, I, I stamp it in red ink and then in red I red put it on the paper and then I put it in the outbox. That's how it works. You so wait, so wait. Mark, so,
0: <laughs> ha- so you've you filled out, a out the pads. Off- Sorry, you go, Pete.
1: Oh, I was saying. So, Mark, you work in a pretty big office of people with desk jobs who work for New York City.
2: That, that is You're correct. Right? Yeah.
0: So, oh, we have never, like, never before like, identified the are? actual municipal. Oh, shoot. Bleep Mark... it. Bleep it. You can bleep it.
1: <laughs> uh, although we have mentioned that he's no, in New York. I'm not, going I through, I'm not going
0: through the podcast to find this one moment so I can bleep it.
1: <laughs> so, you work for Orlando, right, Mark? You work for uh, the, the city of Tampa. Um, at any rate, right, yes. are, are, are there any, like, um, cops who went too far and, like, followed the case when they weren't allowed to who got relegated to desk job duty who, like, sit in your department and approve forms? Um, <laughs> it's, it's like desk work and actual punishment being used in your municipality for people who, like, go rogue.
2: No, uh, I, actually, the, it's actually kind of opposite in our scenario where the people who are kind of at the front lines and – I am I'm getting myself in a little bit of trouble here, but essentially they're, they – some of them, uh, for lack of a better word, graduate up to the headquarters. And I'm going to kind of leave it at that before I get into trouble. Okay, fair enough, what fair I want to talk about is something a little bit – term- speaking of creative types who – Lee, know,
0: I've, I heard that podcast you were on, and if you do anything like that again, I will bust you back to your desk job so fast. <laughs> You'll be riding a desk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or worse, you could take it up with a union. <laughs> oh yeah fair enough anyway right. but speaking of created types you know helping out the police i think we've actually mentioned on this podcast um a certain mr steven seagal who actually you know enforces the law I, Wait, making- I thought
4: i thought steven seagal was above the law
2: no <laughs> i thought he was hard to kill i, thought- <laughs> no, am, I not, am i making this up i thought like he's like somehow i thought he was I-
1: under siege personally all the
2: time
1: <laughs> Never i thought mind. he was a hard target yeah, <laughs> that's John called Van Damme. Steven Seagal oh, yeah, 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 right.
2: title. <laughs> Steven Seagal title. Another <laughs> Steven Seagal title. I-
1: my, fresh, my freshman year roommate when he was in high school my freshman year college roommate when he was in high school had a game where you would try to speak only in Steven Seagal titles for as long as you could and he would like pull it out in different classes in school wow. and they would be like you know yeah, if someone is out for vengeance that, that person is going to get marked for death and uh just like see how far you can go like what? and the, the hardest one to always get was fire down below
2: uh <laughs>
1: but like yeah that guy's under siege and he's under siege too so you know <laughs>
2: Did you, no, we, wait. Hold on a second. You guys I, weren't on that episode when we talked about this? Maybe where Steven Seagal like, uh, like he's in like he's on a reality show now where he he's you know an actual cop on a beat. Oh and, really? Yeah, and like he pulls over these these guys or something like that, or stops these guys, and then they roll down the window and they look. And it's like, oh my god, it's Steven Seagal, and he's coming to bust us. <laughs> I'm not making. It's possible I'm making this up. This may be purely a construction of my imagination or just a you know, projection of my wishful thinking.
0: Can you talk about Model UN? Or what, what did you used to do that was <laughs> Model UN? Why can I talk about
1: – why do you want me to talk about Model because,
0: UN? <laughs> because it's like the game of trying to get as many – you told me once a story about Model UN where, where oh, it was whoa, like, whoa, whoa. like the game of trying to get as many Steven Seagal things. And it was um, – you know, it
1: was songs from the '70s and '80s, right? Yeah, and like. it was
0: like point of, you know, point of personal privilege, Mister Speaker. Will, will the gentleman please pump up the volume?
1: yeah that, that one got it that wasn't me that was my buddy Matt that got a I, I made, we were the Netherlands, and I made a big speech about um uh, in dealing with international organized crime um, that like involved like thirty <laughs> or forty different song references and it was like it's like you know I, I, at this point as a, as a small as a small player on the global stage but a medium sized player on the regional stage if you 're asking me to transfer my authority from the regional to global level. Do you do you really want to hurt me? Like do you really want to make me cry? <laughs> like Yeah, definitely the, the big one was when uh was after I finished the speech and someone else went up there and like tried it, but they unfortunately um had spent too much time researching the topic and not enough time writing down names of songs from the seventies and eighties. Well, cause the deal was that the person who this was the Rutgers University University of Model United Nations, which was the only Model United Nations tournament I ever went to in high school. We had a Model UN club that was, like, um, not—it was in a class. Like, for a lot of groups in high schools, it was a class. For us, it was, like, a group of people got together at lunch. Uh, a lot of theater people. A lot of theater people. Um, John, it's not, un, it's not dissimilar from the Asgard karaoke, which sort of emerged from um, the improv. Like, we go to a karaoke bar where there are a lot of improv performers who go there. It's very similar where, like, the social group took up this other interest. And what, we took a lot of pride in— What?
4: Was there drinking?
1: No, we were all very straight and arrow people, in but we, we were – uh, Go on. Oh, but anyway, um, we would uh, – we took a lot of pride in like confounding and BSing the people who actually did research by just like saying stuff.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> the greatest kind of thing to do in high school is you just – you mock yeah. the squares by, by uh, skewering their pretensions.
1: I mean we were all pretty big nerds so like we knew a lot about stuff but like w- it was just sort of random knowledge that we'd gathered over time so at one year the only research I did was I memorized the national anthem of the Netherlands in Dutch uh, I didn't do any other research on my country pretty much. And like, sure enough, <laughs> like the, you get there and it's Rutgers and like the guys running it are like Rutgers undergrads and they're pretty bored. So they're like, oh, OK, the theme for this particular round of speeches is if you can somehow incorporate your national anthem into your speech, like we'll give you bonus points. <laughs> and so I got up there and I sang it in Dutch. And then, of course, in accordance with the rules of the United Nations, I had to provide a translation and then I had to connect it to the topic. But yeah, they definitely said, for your next round, like make as many references to titles of songs from the 70s and 80s as you can. <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. <laughs> we should have rules like that on this podcast. <laughs> like themes? Just like... Yeah, like po- know, podcast, to- podcast theme, like a secret word. Like how on... Uh, what was the Groucho show called? You Bet Your Life?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: That there was a secret word unrelated to regular gameplay. And if you happened to say the secret word, the, uh, the duck would come down from the ceiling and with a $100 bill in his beak.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Pee Wee's Playhouse took that too, right? But just everybody screamed.
0: Yeah, except that Pee Wee's Playhouse was, was, was scripted, so you know.
1: Oh, so of course it wasn't. Yeah. Well, I, we should ask the listeners if they want to see a theme played out on our podcast. Yeah, they what, should leave what, us, you know.
0: what theme? What theme would you like us to play out? Because we yeah. could. I mean, I suppose we could. You know. Um, that would be pretty
1: easy. And we just like laughed to ourselves whenever we hit it. It's 70, like, yeah, you know, yeah, 78.
0: Yeah. No, Matt can... gives us $100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. I'm in favor. I'm in favor. Take, I'm in favor. Let's go. Yeah, I'll take, <laughs> <laughs> take more cash advances <laughs> off my credit card. Is there no end to your people's insatiable greed? We do this for the money, Matt. Did you know
1: that? <laughs> I do it for the money, for the ladies. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why you guys right. do this, I, but I, like, I, I, I was actually in- about to—I was actually
0: about to say that, Pete. The last time you turned in a seven-thousand-word post comparing a Pixar movie to Milton's Paradise Lost, I was about to say, "Guy, you know, we're overthinking it. You should not write posts that are so commercial." <laughs> <laughs> it oh. used to be about. It used to be about the movies.
1: It did, and then it became about the philosophers. That's when we sold out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we should do another one of those philosophy of series. They were all, that was fun when we did Batman.
0: Well, we you could- know, there hasn't been, even this summer, there wasn't a... Uh, Star Trek, I think there wasn't a uh, pop culture phenomenon like batman where there was a there was a uh, like summer blockbuster that was very popular and also in a way artistically serious right yeah, yeah. um star trek I except
1: think, for fast and furious
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> it was. too high voltage that's a good point yeah.
1: yeah well the watchmen kind of failed in that regard as well i guess that's what
0: it was supposed oh, to be but it was just a, it just turned out to be a bad ad- adaptation which josh and i saw together in dc mm. During my visit, when I was at DrupalCon, but enough, enough about open source PHP content management frameworks.
2: Uh, <laughs> going back to the Steven Seagal thing for a moment,
0: the yes, Amy
2: yes, yes, Show is Steven Seagal, lawman, and he is as, <laughs> where he's a he's a deputy sheriff in the in his home community of Jefferson Parish, Louisiana. So I wasn't making this up. That's great. Now let me, well, now let me, yeah. now let me clear the fact that you know I'm not you know hallucinating um well,
1: he's done many things like you as you might remember he has a he had a top hit in france with a club track of him playing blues guitar um and he became he was a musician successful musician for a while i've actually had thanks again to mr Belinky, a can of his energy drink lightning bolt which at the time uh, which, which believe it or not is branded with a picture of steven seagal the blues guitar player not steven seagal like the action hero
2: um
1: <laughs> And it, it came in two flavors, uh, cherry, and the one that I had, which was Asian Experience. Um, <laughs> so I had...
2: A- Wait, <laughs> Say that last part one more time.
1: So Steven, Seagal, li- Steven Seagal's Lightning Bolt Energy Drink, which uh-huh. may or may not yeah. still be on the market, when it was first launched, came in two flavors. Okay. Cherry, which I did not try, and the okay. one that I did try, which is called Asian Experience.
2: Asian, it's, it's, experience. Asian, like A-S- experience. Asian Experience. Asian A-S-I-A-N. Asian No one it knows
1: it's spelled A-S-H-A-E-N. No, it's A-S-I-A-N.
2: That's... <laughs> Wow. What, uh, and pete let me ask you what was your asian experience like
1: I, uh, you know i all of a sudden i felt very like berated and forced to work really hard and like very dedicated to my studies <laughs> he, had, no.
0: he, had, he had a tremendous ability to play the cello however
1: i was really good at volleyball it was really crazy um and ping pong no um it was basically like really sugary ginseng with like taurine or whatever um but yeah i mean it was Stephen seagal's experience heart, did
0: it make your heart pound really fast why would it do that? Well, because you might think that you are under siege or that uh, <laughs> <laughs> you might assume that, that today you die. Uh, though even though you are marked for death, I'll bet you are hard to kill. Oh. Did, did, the drink,
4: did the drink give you a fire down below? <laughs> you guys are in dark territory right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, we may be in dark territory, but I have a a, a flight of fury within me, and we'll dispense urban, urban justice on all of you to the point where you are all pistol whipped. Uh, you know what this podcast is? It's the keeper, <laughs> and you know what? Who you are, Matt? You're
1: you're our glimmer man. Is what you are. <laughs> Wait, hold on, Matt, Matt. Sorry, real
4: quick. You you mentioned "Pistol Whipped." It, that's not the name of a Steven Seagal movie, is it?
0: Uh, it's a 2008 to video. Um, <laughs> Wait, direct-to-video there's a movie. There's a movie called "Pistol Whipped." Oh, you know what? The English title was "The Marker."
4: Oh, uh, but uh, why would you know? it, I hear? But still, pistol whip. Like it, it did some. Was there a murderer who killed people by whipping them on the back of the head with a pistol? Like, oh, it's the pistol whipper. Look out for him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or is it a romantic comedy about two cops who are trying to get around? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pete,
0: oh today you die. Ah!
2: Hey, hey, guys. Speaking of event movies, now I think we've been largely talking about event movies and types of ones that are really engaging and really capture the, you know, the pop culture zeitgeist. Because really? I think for the right? last
0: half hour, we've been largely talking about nothing at all.
2: <laughs> well, there's, there's that, too. But with the point, you know we, 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 you know, we say that something like The Dark Knight really captured our imagination. Star Trek, sort of. But then all the various sort of disappointments, which is kind of like, when, eh, you know. Um, what, I, what I will posit is that we should kind of focus. We should try to latch on to event movies, which are so titanically bad. That we can just, you know, milk as much of it uh, out as possible. And I'm bringing forth as a candidate the upcoming 2012. And I want to see what we can do with 2012, you guys. I, I don't wanna, know, Mark.
0: Like, I, I just I, – I kind of disagree with that on principle because, like, A, we have to live with ourselves. <laughs> you know? And then, like <laughs> – you you really if you think a lot about Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, you in fact can live with yourself because I think there's a lot going on there. I, but I mean, I don't know. I'm the guy who thinks there's a lot going on in Gossip Girl. But uh, there is a lot
1: going on in Gossip Girl. Well, it's, you're not lying.
0: It's true, and it has implications yeah. for public policy. And you should subscribe to the other <laughs> podcast and and uh, hear about it. You know the the uses of terror. Uh, you know the divide and rule strategy. The the uh, the. Um, You know, the tension between a Hobbesian and a Rousseauian, you know, a conception of the state of nature. But I digress. Sorry.
1: You do. We all do. That's our thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I am a dangerous man born to raise hell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know one time I went to the video store With my little sister who was like 15 at the time And uh, we all I did For like 15 minutes was pick up straight to video Steven Seagal movies and read the back Because they're so funny it's like, it's like Kane is a former special forces guy Who's like son has been taken hostage By the mafia and then it's like Ruther is a former Green Beret who has to go save his wife. And, like, it's funny because they go past a certain. He's always like a former something or other, right? He's like a former Special Forces guy, or like a former, like, Navy SEAL, or like a former, like, beat cop or something. And in the later
3: movies. Because he's reached
4: yep. the age where he could no longer plausibly be a current anything. Like, mandatory <laughs> yeah. retirements kicked in for him long ago.
1: Exactly. Most of his movies these days, according to the backs of the videos, involve, like, a, a scion of some sort who is in the line of work he used to be in, um, getting in trouble to the point where he has to come out of retirement and or being killed so he has to exact vengeance.
0: Oh, wow. Well, um, that's so- that's almost exactly the plot of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Commando.
1: <laughs> well, in the, you know, the, old, the old one that was uh, – that was like – um are you – so? wait, are you – this is not an uncommon plot line. Like this is like – it's right, also the plot exactly. of like 15 other movies I've seen in the past like year alone. <laughs> but, uh, you know that Die Hard was supposed to be a Commando sequel at first? You're kidding. And then Schwarzenegger passed – no. They were going to – Die Hard was supposed to be a sequel to Commando. If you think about sort of what Commando is about, it's yeah? like this sort of man who's very sort of practically minded taking on like an, an, an establishment and it has the same themes yeah, of but Die he Hard. Yeah, he has
0: like – uh, he has exceptional special forces training, right? Whereas in Die Hard, yeah. Bruce Bruce Willis is like a normal cop.
1: Well, it went through yeah. a lot of changes. <laughs> and, and
4: also, Pete, I'm I'm sure, like really sure about this, that the the Die Hard script was an adapt was an adaptation of a novel from the 70s. Mm. Like a yeah,
2: I'll,
4: I'll I'll Google it. So please keep talking, but uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll find this information out.
1: You know, I mean, maybe IMDb trivia isn't the best place to figure these things out. I mean, I think that maybe it was even to the extent that that's what the project was earmarked as. And then when Schwarzenegger wouldn't do another Commando movie, they were like, okay, well, what else can we do with this money? What else can we do? Like, how else are we going to fill this slot? Um, but, you know, they both are very – I mean, there's the whole – literature i mean you i feel like if we were an ancient civilization there would be like one sort of john McClane kind of character who would pop up in all these different stories played by all these different actors um almost like jack ryan you know who's been played by three different actors in movies um except played by like 30 and i also and i have brought this up on the podcast before i really wish that they remade and reshot movies like more frequently so that i could go watch like you know the freddie pritz jr legends uh of the crystal skull you know like not just the harrison ford one i be like, you know i really liked benicio del toro's like take on where the wild things are you know as like uh, as the little kid max it sort of really put a new spin on it because you can perform plays a, a bazillion times but in movies there's this preconceived notion that there's only one chance to do it legitimately and then everything after that is sort of a departure from what's acceptable um, i don't think that's how performance art works Isn't a common
3: common complaint that they actually won't leave well enough alone with movies and are continually remaking them and making them worse?
1: Well, I feel like if they did it more frequently past a certain point, it uh, it would change things. But I guess you would also have to make them significantly cheaper to make and cheaper to distribute. You'd have to, like, pornify them. This would be like the black swanning of the movie industry where instead of coming out with, like, choreograph blockbusters you decide that you're going to try to take advantage of variants and make like a thousand indiana jones movies right and just like, like put the, them all out there
3: this is this was briefly what we thought sweding was going to be
1: yes exactly but then it never turned that, out
3: that happen. lasted for like two months though
1: yeah and no we, we stopped making extra normal things too i really enjoyed making those extra normal videos yeah those that was were fun cool. Yep. Pete, to, to jump
4: back in real quick, it turns out,
1: and by the way, I didn't go to
4: IMDb, Pete, for information. I went to Wikipedia, okay? Ooh, so you're so all please, for the a little A little respect here, a little respect. Okay. It turns out, Pete, we were both correct. Ah! Uh, the, the novel I was thinking of was the 1979 Roderick Thorpe novel, Nothing Lasts Forever, which was originally going to be adapted as a sequel to Commando, but then oh. Schwarzenegger turned it down, so they retooled the script and just made it closer to the, to the original novel.
1: Ah, okay. So they were actually going to make a sequel to an existing movie using an existing book that had nothing to do with the movie originally.
4: Yes, which, interestingly enough, Nothing Lasts Forever is a sequel to a 1968 novel called The Detective, which was adapted into a Frank Sinatra movie. Wow. Oddly enough. So (laughs) that's some weird meta-twisted level of sequels and failed sequels and remakes and whatnot that I don't even want to tangle with.
1: We should make a commando haunted house where we have all those different properties represented. And it's like you walk into the Frank Sinatra room and he's like playing a cop. woo <laughs> <laughs> so, scary. Oh, it's, it's, it's Reginald Ville eating a Twinkie. Oh I'm my God.
4: the movie that could have been but wasn't because of <laughs> financing issues.
3: <laughs> Pete, uh, the, the, the scenario you were describing with sort of the, the one character over generations of actors, like, we have that in Bond. Yes, we do. Yeah, like, that's the one place that I can think of that that exists. And, if, uh, and you're oh, right.
0: Oh, 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 Jack Ryan in the film adaptations of the Tom Clancy movies. Alex yeah, Baldwin, Alec Baldwin <laughs> Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck.
1: Yeah, someone you, should say that on that the podcast. That would be really smart if someone said that on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Um, yeah, well, it used to be more common, too, because you used to have, like, Tarzan, right? Also, and, like, um, uh
0: psh, 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 Oh wait! Was I just off. like sleeping for the last five minutes? Pretty much, yeah. Oh. But don't worry. <laughs> Sorry, I was on IMDb. It's okay. I was looking. It's okay. More... <laughs> God, I'm an idiot. I was looking <laughs> up no. more Steven Seagal titles. Oh, you should do that. <laughs> Go back to doing it. That's very important. You should keep doing that. God, I feel uh, half past dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay, yes, Bond. Yes, Bond movies.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, who's is there? Are they still going to make more with the Craig with the Craig T. Nelson as Bond? Um, <laughs> what's it? Jason Craig? No, what's the guy's name? Charles. Daniel Charles. Craig. Daniel, Charles. Daniel Charles Craig.
2: Nelson Riley. Charles yes. Nelson Riley. <laughs> I think now, they're bringing a, back George that, that yeah.
0: <laughs> have you seen saying, the, Have you seen the Weird Al Yankovic video about Charles Nelson Riley? No. no, what is that one? Song by Weird Al, video by Jib Jab. It's it's one of these like you know uh, Charles Nelson Reilly, you know I don't know cockpinched fifty communists and you know I invented cold fusion and uh, oh. these things. It's a song in this. It's a song in this genre, uh, mm-hmm. but it has a great video that- along yeah. with it by the Jib Jab I- guys. Sorry, uh, am I uh, God? Well, I I really should listen to the podcast as it transpires <laughs> if I'm going to think about contributing.
1: No, no, you should just you should just continue to fund it, and then everything's gonna be fine.
2: <laughs> Matt, Matt, I think you should stay a little bit out of reach. We should have a <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> you know, no. It's okay, Mark.
0: I'll be here like a shadow man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know He's what? Made I made so many movies. So many. Movies. <laughs> I may I may have to hit the kill switch. <laughs> on this episode <laughs> uh because we're we are closing in on an hour. Uh anyone wait, pardon, wait, wait.
2: before you before you do, shots? you I don't think you quite got to finish your what you're saying about twenty twelve and how it was maybe it wasn't worth our time or oh, yeah, effort.
0: Look, I yeah, I'm not sure it is. I mean I think that like the point of overthinking it, right, is that like we actually stand behind the work we do on the site. Like we don't I mean occasionally okay we go overboard for the sake of going going overboard. But like you know what? Pete's seven thousand word post on why uh Pixar's Up is like Paradise Lost is a a really good read. Uh you know, it might take some time to read seven thousand words, but you will be rewarded for having having made the effort. And, you know, is I, I I'm not gonna put words in your mouth, Pete, but I would venture to say that it's probably work that you stand behind, right?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I mean, so I, it's it not like, use an edit.
0: <laughs> you know, right like, yeah, we're definitely. not we're not here to mock the idea of subjecting popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve uh, we 're not here to pretend you know what i mean we're here to like we 're here to do it for for uh, for real and yeah. like you know that's why like this glee this like glee war that is broken out on the site I take very seriously <laughs> because it you know it has uh, <laughs> it has a uh, uh, profound implications for uh, narrative causality for um. Uh. The concept I was introduced re- to recently of Hammer Space and Hammer Time.
2: <laughs> you know? More on that coming soon yeah, on the site. Coming, coming
0: on the site. Uh. You know. So I. I don't know. I don't think the idea is if you have a um bad movie that you can like you can elucidate the badness in some way that is is new and unexpected. Okay, that article we should we should publish, but uh, but not something that's just uh, pretending something isn't bad.
2: No, it's not, I guess it's not what I'm going. I think. Now that I think about this a little bit, um, I think probably I have more of a propensity for taking um, pop culture that I don't actually enjoy and writing about it in some way, either pretending that it's more than it's not, or or otherwise just dissecting it. For example, the um, the, the I got a feeling the, the you know misinterpretation of those lyrics. Um, the uh, my takedown of Terminator Salvation. Um, maybe I just kind of like, you know, like to punish myself and, and, and well, no, look, Mark, you're, look you're, really you look really deeply is, at bad pop it's, culture.
1: It's, no, no, you're, you're a mercenary of justice is what you are, Mark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a mercenary of pop culture justice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, like when, when the movie will come out, I think, uh, you know what, actually we talked about, um, this idea of like, you know, of the overthinking an event, right? Like going out to watch something awful like Transformers. Uh, and going out for drinks and ripping it to shreds. Maybe at least we can do that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I'm all for an, an, uh, an Overthinking It event. It'll probably be in New York. Um, unless, hey, uh, you know, you can email me rather at overthinkingit.com, W R A T H E R, if you're, uh, you know, an Overthinking It listener or reader and you want to hang out in, uh, in Los Angeles. I'd love to have, you know, the Overthinking It West fan club. And we can, uh, we can, we can stand on the beach and stare into the sun. As it slowly dips out of reach, uh, <laughs> in uh, in the opposite of dawn, in a kind of mm. black dawn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, I guess, I guess it should hit the, the kill switch. One, one last news item. Oh, other than speaking of more movies, other than there's a fourth Jason Bourne movie coming that is based on the characters, but not any Robert Ludlum novel. Uh, here is uh, here's one last news item for you. Speaking of the great state of Pennsylvania, where Josh is, you've been a little quiet, Josh, so I want to I wanna, uh, let you get a comment in here. This week, a statue, this is from uh, Deadline Hollywood, Nikki Fink's website about the entertainment industry. This week, a statue will be dedicated in downtown Pittsburgh in honor of Fred Rogers. The bronze sculpture, 10 feet, 10 inches in height and weighing more than 7,000 pounds, was sculpted by Robert Burks and will be unveiled November 5th.
3: I am going to be in Pittsburgh on November fifth, and suddenly have a new writing assignment.
0: Yeah, tell us about the. Uh, are you really going to be in Pittsburgh on November fifth? I, I really am. Okay, so if you can make it to the unveiling of the Mister Rogers statue, yeah, and give a report either on the next podcast or else uh, in a in an article for the site, we would be very appreciative. We'll we'll certainly do that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, let's leave it there for this week. Uh, you know what to do. You can, uh, if you have anything that you want to add about your favorite Halloween costume. This was supposed to be the Halloween show. Uh, <laughs> that, that was, um, that got... That ra- got rather, I think, you did the, I think you did the right thing in making
4: the executive decision to... Well.
0: <laughs> I'm just sorry that the, that the Halloween topic got submerged. <laughs> or, or hacked off with a Machete. If they're upcoming movies, <laughs> does it does it count?
1: Yeah, uh, you, I think you're just inflicting a series of exit wounds on us right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, if, you are, if you have a number of things you want to say and you come up with one and say, hey, this one is The Keeper, you can, uh, you can <laughs> comment it on the show notes. You can use the contact form on the site. You can email us at podcast at overthinkingit.com or you can call the voicemail at 20-eat-log- 01, that's 203-285-6401, look up your latitude and longitude before you call, or else, today you die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and until, until the ticker runs down <laughs> to our next podcast, uh, and before this podcast is out of reach... <laughs> <laughs> How far can we take this? Uh, I want you to uh find us on overthinkingit.com, dot com the 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 site where we are uh, out for justice uh we are patriots the patriot we are uh, and- shadow, an attack force. Uh, in a flight of fury to dispense urban justice to the Onion movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting
2: for someone to try. I'm are going to get the onion.
0: <laughs> and where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny, it probably. AFI's
3: 100
1: Years, 100 Thrills, America's most <laughs> art pounding movies. <laughs> <laughs> As himself. <laughs>
3: I think we got every single one of these except for Belly of the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> which which should be the title of the podcast in my opinion. <laughs>